Jonathan Jana de Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. As the Potters put a cork in some less than vintage claret, we ask... Has Mark Hughes finally found the magic formula with his fancy new formation? It's London calling next week, but will we finally get rid of an unwanted clash record? Is Mark Munieza the greatest person to have ever lived? And we've got an exclusive interview with a little-known Swiss bloke called Jordan Shakiri. All that coming up, but joining me is Ben Cartwright. Good afternoon. Hello, David. How are you? I'm very well, Ben. And I'm also very well because joining me... Is Chris Brammer. Hey up, lads, how we doing? Hey up. <laughs> you alright, Chris? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I am. It's been a while since I've I've been on and um I've I've enjoyed listening to you two whilst I've been away. So so good job on that. But it's nice to be back and it's nice to be back and talking in such a positive fashion about such a good game. Uh well, you say good game, it was last on match of the day. And uh, we'll no doubt get to it, uh, get to the game as a whole. Uh, but Ben, do you want to kick off, kick us off with uh, your thoughts on the result and performance? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to be happy with, with the result. I've brought up several times on the podcast, I sound like a broken record, but we needed six points from the last two games and, and that's exactly what we got. So I'm going to be happy with that. And my thoughts on the entire performance, the, the entire two performances, were that they were very similar and they were very professional. I mean, harking back to the FA Cup special, we were talking about times when we looked like we were really under pressure when, when we went into a lead. But I, I don't think that's what, what we've been seeing in the second half. Yes, we've, put, we've taken our, our foot off the pedal, if you will, but I, don't think that, I think that's different to sort of being under the cosh. I think we've, we've been fully in control and it was two very professional performances. And, and again yesterday so I'm happy with it yeah uh, you've sort of hit on the the minor gripe that it was only expressed by a minority of Stoke fans I believe that the second half performance perhaps didn't match the first and very similar to the Watford game we took the lead in the first half we played our best football probably in the first half but second half it was kind of about game management and all that entails Chris what did you make of uh, the way we saw out the second half? Were you delighted by it or were you just a bit annoyed that we couldn't completely finish them off? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you you always want for your, your team to go for that killer goal, don't you? You always want them to keep going and, and to punish teams. Um, for what it's worth, I didn't feel like we were under pressure. I didn't feel like it was <laughs> harking back to the old days where it was a sitting back and inviting them onto us. At least, I, I, it never felt like, oh, God, Burnley are going to get back into this. Um, I initially was annoyed at the Crouch substitution, but on reflection and seeing the job he's done over the last few weeks, I don't think it's actually been the worst substitution. He... Uh, he he, he, he never looks like scoring, but to be fair, I don't think that's what he's brought on to do. He's brought on to clear last-minute set pieces from the opposition. He holds, he, he, he does hold up the ball. I thought, like Ben said, it was a very, very professional 
second half. It would have been nice for us to kill off the game, sure, but do you know what? We we won, and I don't think Burnley ever looked like they were going to to destroy us at any point. So I I can't complain. If if I were, if I were to grumble, then people would probably you know say that I'm not a real fan or something. It, it I thought <laughs> yeah I I can't I can't complain too much because we 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 won the game and it was a professional performance. Yeah. Um. On that. Uh... Jace of this parish uh, said, uh, tweeted us actually and said, not a big concern, but you could script our second halves this season. Shop is shut at half time. And yeah, like I said, it's, it's a minority opinion, but some people have looked at that second half and been, you know, less than impressed with it. From my point of view, I think I tweeted something to the effect of how bad the second half was as a spectacle was my favorite thing about the game because we, we we have missed that ability to just hold a team at arm's length. And, OK, Burnley maybe got a bit more uh, attacking football going, but I don't really I don't really think we were under too much pressure. I don't think they carved any clear-cut chances out. And what we severely lacked in the bad run we went on towards the end of last season and the start of this season was an ability just to hold teams off for a sustained period of time. Okay, this is Watford and Burnley we've just beaten, and it's different when it's Tottenham and Man City, but that's an ability we've lacked and need to work on. And so this is a, this is very encouraging from my point of view. I think I think um, a, a perfect way to sum it up is you, we, we, we're doing this podcast in the aftermath of Bournemouth beating Liverpool in the, in the last few moments of the game. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool obviously do the complete opposite. They continue to... to to batter teams or tr- attempt to batter teams throughout the 90 minutes and it ha- today it hasn't paid off so I'd much prefer to see a sort of dire second half attacking wise for Stoke and see us yeah. get the three points rather than see us keeping on going and then get letting Burnley get a goal on the counter-attack or something like that and then they go on and, and either get a point or win the game but we've got a clean sheet we've got two very good goals and, and I'm happy with that Yeah and I think if Joe Allen tucks away his chance in the second half, people's opinion on that half will probably radically change because they'll they'll see that as not only a professional half from a, from the defensive standpoint, but also we grabbed the goal as well. So it's interesting how goals can just change people's perception. But you know me, I think goals are overrated. Um, what I loved about our first half performance was how lovely the goals were uh, I, I've refused to believe John Walters first was a fluke I'm not having that and I, this they, these were like proper football goals it was <laughs> they were beautiful yeah can we can That's, we take that spin from Jeff that spin yeah from I was going to say can we, can we take a minute just to admire that spin because it was it was somewhere else. I, I didn't think he had that in his uh, in his repertoire, but you see that from Shakiri, not from from him. But they're absolutely phenomenal. It's got the Strictly Come Dancing producers licking their lips. They've already got his phone <laughs> number for the next series with moves like that. It was sensational. Yeah, <laughs> and the the caressed touch from Walters. From my point of view in the stands, I thought, well, this is going wide. It wasn't until the ball kind of dropped in at the last second that we were like, oh my God, we've scored. But uh, yeah, it was a lovely guided touch with his uh, right foot 
just connecting with Juve cross. Juve is an underrated crosser in my opinion. He's uh, he's got that in his locker, I think. Mm. But uh, I think the second <laughs> who, goal. Go on. I was going to say who who would ever who would ever you know say that Juve can't play out on the on the wide right, eh? Who who would ever slag him off for playing in that position? Not us. No. <laughs> No, always had faith in him in that position. Yeah, yeah our, prob- our problem was him playing as a winger, not as a wing-back. Oh, he's perfect as a yeah, wing-back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, the, the second goal, though, lads. Munieza breaks through some players from the back line. He's, he's on the run. Lays it off to Mbula. Mbula, <laughs> lovely ball to Shakiri. Shakiri turns. Lovely ball to Arnautovic. And Arnie... I saw some people claim like, "Oh, he hadn't, didn't have his best game yesterday." <laughs> oh, and he, oh, he, he was a bit disappointing at times, but he just did the, the standard on out of each thing of racing to the byline, completely murking the right back. <laughs> He's created space. He lays it off, and Moniesa apparently can finish like R- Ronaldo, <laughs> just slots it in. Oh, I, I, that's my favourite goal of the season so far. Yeah, it's lovely stuff. I but love it, it, I love his reaction. It's like yes. so similar to when Bojan scores a goal, but just with that tiny <laughs> bit more passion. It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's it's perhaps yeah. one of my favorite goals of the season simply because his reaction after it like it was it was a proper celebration that, wasn't it? He he yeah. absolutely loved scoring that goal. It meant the world yeah. to him. <laughs> it was reminiscent of Higginbottom in the FA Cup quarter final that we talked about in the cup special of just like yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised Crouch didn't tweet after the game, being like, "If I was on the pitch, I would have scored that." No biggie. Or something like oh, that. Co- hey, come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, Moniesa. I did ask him in the intro, "Is he the greatest bloke of all time?" Because it's it's very unusual that a player that's a not local and b doesn't play that much gets this kind of love and affection from from Stoke fans and yet everybody I know loves Mark Munieza and oh he's just, just a lovely fella and and when uh, and when he said on match of the day he, he celebrated like that because it, it was his first game that his uh, his little baby was was watching oh, Mate, what, your heart just a, melted didn't it what a guy that was what? literally the phrase I was thinking just the the heart did did melt yeah, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that he's got a run of games and now he's been able to sort of top it all off with his first Premier League goal. You, you couldn't write it. No, I keep on saying that way too much. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've loved him for a long time. I, Someone I work with um, is a Burnley fan, so I can't wait to wear my Mooney Acer shirt into work tomorrow. Um, so yeah, absolutely chuffed for the lad. Yeah, no, it's and it's working for him. I, I like this three at the back system because we all we we'd said for, well, we said a few weeks ago, didn't we, that he is that ball playing defender that that we we all wanted to see, but was wasn't going to break up Shawcross and uh, Bruno Martins Indy. Now Shawcross is out, and we need three players at the back. Fantastic, he gets a run of games. Oh, I, I let's hope he does it again next week, eh? Yeah, it's a very uh, odd system. I don't think many of us were expecting it to to come back after it not really working in pre-season. But um, against Watford, I didn't think it was as obvious a back three as uh, they perhaps made out because I thought Peters was 
quite withdrawn, so that made it a back four. But I thought it was much more obvious against Burnley that it was a back three. And it's it's clearly working for us, but I can't put my finger on quite why just yet. <laughs> um, I, I think having Imbula and Adam, uh, giving them more freedom perhaps has more to do with it. And uh, when you've got Juf on the right, who's such a willing runner anyway, and does the defensive stuff as well as the attacking stuff, that's, that's a real advantage. My concerns with it would be, is Eric Peters really a wing-back, given his kind of lack of crossing ability and all that? And is Johnson a centre-half? Now, I thought he played very well yesterday, but is he going to be the man in a back three for the whole season? Um, I'm very interested in where this goes from here. But uh, yeah, very encouraged by how they've taken to it in the last two games. I think I think one of the, the, the good things about it has been the, the freedom for an out of it in Shakiri because um I they they've they've had a they're not they're not strictly stuck to the to the bylines, are they? So they are weaving in and out and around the team and it's it's created some really, really nice movement throughout the team. We seem very, very fluid in this system. Um and that's what I like. I like that we have I think John Walters, to his credit, has played really well up front as that focal point because he is a strong guy. He can be that um, physical presence who holds things up and everyone can play around him and to him. Um, it's it's a shame, actually. Hossalu is no longer... Well, he's out on loan because I think this system would have suited him perfectly um, because he's that type of player as well. Big, strong built, got a bit of movement to him. But do you know what? I I really like this system, and I wouldn't have dreamed like two months ago thinking Imbula and Adam as a midfield pairing would work. Like, and, and, <laughs> no one would have seen that coming. But it it is. It's for whatever reason it's working at least for these last two games. Um, and and long may it continue. I think the point you make about um. Hazard, uh, Hazard, sorry, about Shakiri and Arnautovic. <laughs> it reminds me of a piece I read recently by Jonathan Wilson about Hazard, yeah. Um, yeah. saying that his revival this season has been playing in that inside forward role, which we're seeing um, Shakiri and Arnautovic. That's the sort of space they can operate, okay. which perfectly suits them both down to a T, really. And, and that's why we're seeing so much good stuff from them. And and yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's because, just working so well, and I, I, I don't think I, yeah, I didn't expect no. it either. So I think, so I think that the the traditional winger, you know, chalk on the boots winger, that's that role is kind of dead in football now. It's all about mm. those players who cut in from wide, and they 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 are more of a forward than they are a person who assists. Granted, Arnie Cross did yesterday, but you know what I mean they are they're more focused on yeah. cutting in play and the wing backs are the ones with who provide the width to the team and that yeah. seems to be a case across all in the Premier League um, yeah. if you take exception. if you take our second goal as an example that came when Shakiri was over on the same side as Onatovic he'd found the, the, the space on the left hand side of the pitch rather than sticking to the right hand side so that meant he had time to turn and find Onatovic because he'd more license to to play in front of the back four if you like rather than just stick into the right hand side like a traditional winger would do that's my bigger uh, michael cox analysis of the game um uh we'll have some uh, correspondence on this game we asked for kind of three word summaries of the performance um 
Josh Coulter says, fantastic but crouch, question mark. <laughs> uh, referring, of course, to the subs. I didn't mind the subs so much yesterday. Um, it was, I, th- I suppose my big disappointment was not seeing Sobby come on uh, when we were 2 0 up and had a chance to, you know, spring counter attacks on them. And so when he brought Crouch on, I think Crouch did all right. I thought he played well, got a couple of knockdowns for us, was useful in defending in our own box. But I thought maybe if we were looking to spring counterattacks in Sobby or Bojan would have been better. Um, I think that's a very good point, actually, because obviously Mark Hughes stuck with this team from last week, the exact same eleven. because to give him credit, he's very good at if a player is in form, they'll sort of stay in the lineup or get in the lineup um, the next week. But Sobby is the only player who he, he was playing really well. But he he didn't he wasn't able to sort of keep his place in the lineup, unfortunately for him, and and he hasn't really been given a chance off the bench either. So I do feel a bit bad for him, but I I do completely now understand Hughes's decision why why he's bringing on Crouch because it's clearly not to score goals. He doesn't look likely really at all, but he does a fantastic job at, at soaking up the pressure because he's so yeah. good at clearing the ball and and holding up play in sort of um, on the on the if, opposition. If if line. anything was illustrative that Crouch isn't the player who goes and now scores like that third goal it was that he brought Crouch on and then took like your your Arnie and Shakiri. they they came off like it was quite clear they weren't there to provide crosses in for Crouch he he was there to as you say hold things up clear things out um which is an interesting role I know that he'd said in the week about that you know if he plays first team football now he'd get to the 100 Premier League goals in no time. Um, I I still can't see it. I don't think Peter Crouch is going to be, uh, be first choice. If something happens to Walters this next week, I don't. I still don't think Crouch will be the person to start. Um, but it, like you say, it works. I can't complain because he, he's come on and for the last two games, we've seen out the game and it's partly due to Peter Crouch. So... I can't complain. The big question, of course, is uh, what happen- What happens to Bonnie now? Is Bonnie ri- written off completely? Because he hasn't started the last two games and his spell, he-, he had a brace against Swansea, but his spell hasn't produced either the goals or the kind of work rate we wanted when he first joined. So is he one we're going to perhaps have to uh, reluctantly say goodbye to? It might work in a similar way to how sort of Imbula, Imbula has got himself back into the team where Mark Hughes has been to Imbula, right, you, you haven't been playing your best football, have a break, work hard in training and we'll see if you, we can work you back into the team again. I mean, um, you mentioned earlier about how Walters is actually doing a fantastic job up there because he's just so energetic. He's running around, he scored a fantastic goal yesterday so there's no reason to drop him for the next game. But um, if that sort of doesn't go... If he if Walter suddenly doesn't play as well as as he has been doing for the last two games in the next few weeks, and there's no reason why Boney can't come back in and and maybe slot into this three four three. Obviously, he doesn't bring the same energy, but that doesn't mean that he won't score goals in it because we're certainly creating more chances than we were in the previous system. I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that Bonnie's going to be here um, come come January. Um, there was there was that talk, weren't there, the few weeks back about the deal to China is still on and all this type of thing. And incidentally, it seems to be from then that point onwards that he's kind of not appeared in the team. I, I wonder if that is kind of what's happening behind the scenes. I I don't know. Maybe (laughs) they don't want to pin all their hopes on him because he'll be going in January. Um, 
it'll be it'll be interesting come January anyway because even if he stays with us, he's off to the African Cup of Nations, isn't he? So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, I I personally don't really see him coming back into the team. I I he doesn't he just then this isn't a complaint because he hasn't had the run of games, but he he definitely doesn't seem to be the same player that he was at Swansea. Um, obviously, it would take him ages to get back into first-team football after being the, the second-place striker at City. But, I don't know. I, I think we had expectations of him coming on. He was going to be that player that he was that first season for Swansea. He was going to score loads and loads of goals for us. And, yeah, it, something was missing. I don't know. I don't know what. But, I, I, I don't see him coming back into the team and having that effect. Well, we're going to talk about the, the sort of next few run of game, the run of games that we've got coming up in a few moments anyway. But you look at those games, I mean, what is Bonnie going to be able to do even if he is in that lineup? I mean, he's going to struggle to score goals, isn't he? So, And then it's January, as you mentioned, then he's going off to Africa. So maybe I was wrong in saying that he does have a chance to talk. <laughs> he probably doesn't, realistically. Sorry, Wilfred. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. A, a bit more correspondence <laughs> then. Um Danny uh, Cook says, "Surely a fluke brackets in regards to Walter's deft touch for the opener." No, no, I'm, no. I'm not having it. But, uh, I disagree well, with yeah. that. It was it was a fantastic finish, and I think mm. people are only doubting it because it's John Walters rather than yeah. you know a Shakiri or Bojan or whoever. But yeah, he, he definitely means to put it where he does. It's just a it's a fantastic uh, looping finish. Um, Ivan Korch. Hi, Ivan. Uh, money, you beauty. Pretty <laughs> concise summary there. Tom Thrower gets on his uh, tactic struck again and says three four three as his uh, three word summary. He's uh, he's loving he's loving the new formation, but uh, he's concerned he's concerned about the lack of false nine. Really, um, I've got a, a bit of a, a Twitter trail here from at Crompton Crompton on Twitter. Um, whose three-word summary of the game was short-term approach, and so we a- we asked him to expand, and yeah, he expanded. Uh, <laughs> he says the problem with these sort of games is it's one step forwards, two steps back. It loses sight of the end game. Winning big games, brackets, cup semis, etc., with our best team. For every time he moves away from the process, he moves away from actually doing anything of worth, other than picking up a relatively meaningless three points against a poor Burnley side. What I must say is this, though. It sends a great message to the squad, and I'd be 100% behind the logic. And idea, if he hadn't proved himself over the last 18 months, he has no idea what his best team is or any determination to find it. We are now back in the horrible cycle, like last year, of giving players two to three games, then swapping and swapping again and then again. Yes, it picks up points and you get the initial bounce, but in terms of going to the next level and winning cups, it does nothing but instill inconsistency and lack of automation when it comes to the big moments in the big matches. Okay, there's a lot to uh, get into there. But I think the overall point is uh, Hughes is still not sure of his best team. And it's okay. We've got good results against poor teams for the moment. But there's still that lingering doubt of, of him not knowing what his best team is. And when it comes to the crunch, this might be our undoing. What do we make of that? I can I can see where he's coming from because I think about this time last year maybe a few a few weeks on we were thinking 
the same how we're feeling right now about the 3-4-3. A lot of us were thinking about the false nine. We're like, right, we found what we needed. We found this is the formation that's going to take us to, to glory. I mean, we were still in the League Cup at that point, looking to get to the final. And obviously that didn't go to plan because at that point, false nine was, had already been chucked out the window. So I can see what he means because at the moment we're looking at this 3-4-3 in the current form we're in and thinking we can beat anyone on our day because some of the football we're playing is, is sensational. And it, and, it, and it does remind me of that time back with the false nine. So... In some ways, I do see where he's coming from because we don't know how long these sort of amazing moments are going to last. We've got a very tough few fixtures coming up. Um, I'll bring it up again. But the fact of the matter is we don't know what the life span of this formation is and what this system could bring for us. Because at the moment, it might be, say, oh, it's it's gonna it's only going to last a few games. But what if it doesn't? This this could be our system now for the rest of the season. And, and we haven't even got our best players on the pitch. We've still got... Um, Butland injured will we ever see him again in a Stoke show I don't know um, and we've got players like Alan who wasn't even starting who is one of our best players so it could be our system now this could be the one but again it's it, it could similarly be exactly the same to what the false nine was for us last season where it happened and it was amazing when it happened but then it seemed to go it, it got sussed out yeah. quite quickly seemingly by the teams we were coming up against yeah I think uh uh an interesting point has been raised there and like you say we were hoping the false nine would be this this kind of tactical spark that would uh, lead us to long-term success now you also have to factor in you know what is long-term success is it being ninth all the time may well be some people disagree of course Um, and also earlier the season we were thinking Joe Allen is the 10 that that's the way we have to play now and the last two games have maybe shown maybe we don't need Joe Allen as ten. Maybe we don't even need Joe Allen. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that's definitely true. I'm just uh, pointing it out there. Um, so looking ahead to these uh, run of games, then uh, we've got players to come back. With Whelan came off the bench yesterday. Uh, Shawcross hopefully will be back uh, next week. Butland. Oh, I'm really worried, guys. I'm, re- I'm really worried about um, the long-term future Jack Butland has because it's been such a long time now. And the the most annoying thing isn't that he's injured. It's the constant kind of teasing of us. Oh, oh he's, ju- he's going to get back playing today. And then all of a sudden something happens. And yeah. it is very worrying because he's been so good for us and he's got such a potential, uh, you know, great future as a world-class goalkeeper that uh, when he it was Reading wasn't it in the under 23s uh, game that he was supposed to play and then uh, got injured in the warm-up again and I hope I hope it is just is just a scare but again these scares get pretty scary don't they have we heard anything more from that because I know that they they'd said we were gonna they were gonna ask Mark Hughes about it the the latest I've heard is that he's he's had an MRI scan on his ankle, which does not uh, sound great. No, um, no, it doesn't. And I I know it it take it takes a long time to recover from like he he broke his ankle, didn't he? Essentially, like yeah, uh, it take it takes a while to recover from from such injuries. It like you say, David, is just the. Oh, he's nearly ready. No, only a few weeks now. Oh, he's going to play in the friendly. Oh, he's injured again. Like it's that. I I think we people would be 
a heck of a lot more angry about it if Lee Grant wasn't in such good form. Yeah. Um, and that's the first bit of business we probably have to do on <laughs> in the winter window is sign him on a permanent deal. Although, even that, there's still that niggling doubt. Like, why is Derby's reserve keeper, like, the most informed keeper, in English keeper in the league? What's go- what is going on? Um, it's it's so, so weird. But after... <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day when we did our transfer deadline day special and we were like, well, that's a really underwhelming transfer. No, we didn't expect him to have such a good impact. The thing, sorry, quickly back to Jack Butlin. I mean, it is upsetting from a Stoke point of view, but at the same time, I'm thinking it's it, it could be upsetting from an England point of view. We got a player there, which I fully expected for, for years to come, be the England potential number one. And now you've got other sort of keepers like Jordan Pickford coming through. I mean, Joe Hart is still there or thereabouts. And if he stays injured, I mean, Fraser Forster had a nightmare yesterday, yeah. but he's, he's up there as well. But if Jack Butlin stays injured for the, for the next few months or however long, then, then that chance is gone as well, which would be a real great shame for, for such a talented goalkeeper. Yeah, we're just kind of crossing our fingers now and hoping that it just turns out to be a scare and he can get back to uh, where he was. But yeah, like, like I said, it, it's very concerning and I think, in these situations, the lack of communication from the club kind of adds to this kind of hysteria. Like, what what if he's completely gone? Is you know people talking about is his career over kind of thing, which is not what you want to hear at all. You just want someone to come out and say, right, this is the situation. It may take longer than expected, but he'll get there, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, back to this uh, run of games then. Arsenal away next week. Uh, the ground where we always we always get the point. No, you know we don't get any points there. Have you? We're, uh, just a heads up, everyone else. We're not going to do a preview show for this podcast. Um, for this game, um, do you see us getting anything? They've just gone to the London Stadium and hammered the Hammers five-one, and <laughs> it's yeah. I, I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I think I think what we can hope for is this three at the back system. If we persist, it is very easy to move back to a five at the back and just sit back maybe and and soak it up. But also, what I was thinking is a man like Muniesa, if he's there with two other centre backs, what he can do is essentially just cover Sanchez, who is in he, look, he looks in devastating form at the moment, as do a lot of the players in our Arsenal team. If he can if we can sort of man mark players like Sanchez and Ozil out of the game, then that's where our chances will be. But as you mentioned in in previous years, our, our our luck at the Emirates has been nil poire. Um so we'll see, we'll see how it goes there. Yeah, I mean, the only the only ray of hope that I have for this match is that we said the exact same thing going into the match at Old Trafford, and uh, we got a point there. So who knows? We we might we might just have one of the best days that we've had in years yeah. and really play. But I, yeah, it's it's a ground where we just don't turn up. That's the thing. Mm. It, it, <laughs> And I, yeah. Uh, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal will be probably at their shining best, and we will be a bit underwhelming. And they'll, and it will be one of those matches that is neither a thrashing nor is it like a close match. It will just be one of those like they might win like two nil, one of them being a penalty. That do you know, it will be a, a really boring game that no one remembers. And that because that's. <laughs> I'm really worried. I'm really worried now that you've jinxed it. You've just said we're definitely not going to get thrashed. 
without any irony and, and, and oh, we're going to play Arsenal the Emirates thrashed, next season right, next week I'll, I'll just say then I think we'll definitely get thrashed I think <laughs> there uh, we if, if we, we can go. keep it down there to we less than eight fine. we've done very well um, <laughs> uh, so to kind of recap uh, the very good home win against Burnley and to look ahead to the uh, game against Arsenal we'll have a we'll have a a bit of an interview then with Shirdan Shakiri. Jack, obviously, comprehensive victory and better than the two goals, really. And it was an important win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very, very important game, I think, because uh, of course last week we we won, we, we, we won also. So, but this week we want to, we want, we want to keep going like this, and uh, it was an important game to win today, and uh, we did, we did our job, and uh, it was important. And uh, first 50 minutes was not so good, but after. We play very good football, uh, we create chances and uh, in the end we score two goals. And the new system seemed to work with the three at the back and one of your best friends, Mark Muniz, uh, scoring a, a quality goal. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy for him too because uh, he worked also very hard in the training and uh, he's a very good lad and uh, he's very important for the team. And uh, So I was very happy and he deserved it uh, to score today. But in the end was was very important um, to win this game and uh, we was uh, as a team... Uh, he had a good game. And the first goal, touch of class, wasn't it? <laughs> Great delivery. And Johnny Walters yeah. just yeah, knowing was... where he was, and that's the important way you know where you are <laughs> in the penalty area, isn't it, Jack? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a beautiful goal because also how uh, how we created the, this goal was very good. We played 1 2 with Mum and he crossed directly to John, uh, John and, uh, after a very beautiful goal. Ball retention, very important, and it's looking that way now, the way the boss wants to keep this ball retention. Different midfield, of course, with in there, of course, Charlie Adams and Imbula. Mm-hmm. Seem to be developing a partnership, but lots of players jockeying for places now, shall we? Of course, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a positive thing, I think, for, for a team to have quality players, to have good players who can, who can play every game. And uh, we had the quality in this team, and you see that today. The, the, the gaffer don't uh, don't change anything and we play like last time and so that's that's football and uh, I think with concurrence this uh, make the players better and uh, of course every, everybody wants to play and uh, you see that every day in the training that everyone gives everything and uh, wants to play and uh, I think that is a very positive thing for us. Clean sheet and you're climbing up the table again, slipping up into those uh, ninth places. <laughs> nice climb, isn't it? I saw before uh, eight plays we are now and. We see there's, there is another games tonight and uh, tomorrow. So. But we are in a good way. We are in a very good way to play a good season. And uh, I hope we can keep that. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we will keep going like this. Also next week we have a, a difficult game in, uh, in London against Arsenal. But uh, we go there to, to achieve something. And we know that quality to, to win. We can win every game. And uh, so we go, try, we go there also to try to take uh, three points, of course. That's a positive move, isn't it, really, if you go into a team like Arsenal, within that confidence, you can get something from that game. Yeah, I think uh, it will be... That's also when we can take it from this from this game, from the last week, from, from today, um, um, with the clean sheets. Uh, that's, that gives the, the defenders, the, the players, confidence. And I think with this confidence, we can go in the next games. In the next game, we have very good games, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah... I hope we can go like this and uh, I'm very happy in this moment. 
busy period coming up. If you've experienced that, you know, I mean, you've in the Premier League, got game on top of game in the Christmas period. Do you look forward to those times? Of course. I think um, we are always good in, 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 the, in the Christmas part. So last year we did uh, also very well. And I think this year we are also very much, much a little better than, than last year because we have new players in, we have uh, more experience now and uh, we, are, we are in a good shape and I hope we stay like that till the next year. Jack, thanks for joining us. Thank you, boys. What do you make of your new position, Jack? You, you, it's, it's a slightly different position, isn't it? Yeah, it's more, you, are, you are more free, you, have, you can stay more in the middle, you can go outside and you have more... Um, do, you, do you prefer it? Yeah, I like it. I think also in the moment um, we play well. So in this moment, so I think you don't have to to, to change also the system when we play very well. You seem to be linking up very well with Arnautovic yeah. in particular. Yeah, it's it's I told you before that uh, you are more you have you have more you are more free. You can you can yeah you can change the positions and uh, also defensively we have a very compact team and uh, that's important. Shaggy, can you ask you say a bit about Mark Walters because he's had to be patient. Uh, sorry, sorry for Jonathan Moyes he's had to be patient but you know he scored a very good goal today yeah. <laughs> uh, you know when he got his chance in the team Johnny is a hard worker in our team and uh, you see that also every game when he comes in or when he plays from the beginning he runs he does uh, everything so that's also important for us who, who we have in front we have also Wilfried a very good player who, who with a lot of experience So, but in this moment you see that this is uh, it's difficult for the coach also to, to decide who to play because uh, everyone's uh, play very well, uh, everyone's trains very good, and uh, but this is a positive thing for for our team. Okay. Thanks to Nathan Shelley for that interview with Jordan Shakiri. We've got Jordan Shakiri on the podcast, lads. Oh, that was good, wasn't pretty, it? Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love that he called Money Azer a good lad. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why there's, there's something very pleasing about that and Andy called Mark Hughes gaffer that was the point I picked out <laughs> yeah. I love I love when non-English speaking people or like non-native English people use colloquial language like gaffer it just I don't know why it just makes me feel warm inside <laughs> but he, seem, yeah. he, he seems to be enjoying that free role that we were saying about yeah so yeah keep it up mate and uh, hopefully we'll, it'll all go well yeah I think there's definitely uh, we we keep saying this, but there's definitely more to come from Shakiri, and I think this free roll might be um, the position in which he he really starts to shine for us. I think he just needs a a run of games. It's a it's a bit of a cliche now when we've talked about a few players needing a run of games for us in order to show their best stuff. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely uh, definitely some very exciting times to come thanks to Jordan. Um some some players who we perhaps didn't mention as much in re- regards to their performance against Burnley. I thought Bruno was po- possibly my man of the match. I think if Money Azer might just edge him because of the goal for me. But uh, Bruno almost scored it, the post, of course. And he did take Ashley Barnes' elbow oh. full flat in the face yeah. and got on he with did. it afterwards. He did. Didn't even mention that. He's definitely exceeded my expectations. I thought we'd signed a good defender when we uh, got him in on loan, but... Uh, for him to have the impact he's had is very, very pleasing. Uh, apart from that one game where he was moved to left back. Oh, that was Palace, wasn't it, where he played left back? <laughs> yep. Yeah, let, yep. let's, let's never speak of that again. That was no. awful. Um, Imbula, another good game, I thought. Uh, what I think about Imbula is 
that there needs to be a certain degree of acceptance that sometimes he will give the ball away because that's the kind of game he plays. He, he, his style is unlike any other Stoke midfielder in that he'll pick the ball up and run past people, which I don't think any of our, our midfielders do really. So when you have that kind of game, there is always going to be the risk that, okay, you will give the ball away sometimes. And I don't think it's it's indicates that he, he's played badly if that happens a couple of times. I thought he was excellent yesterday. I thought he did um, all the things we wanted from him. He had a part in the second goal. He added some really nice through balls uh, to the game. And uh, he, he did the defensive hard graph stuff as well. So, yeah, really, really chuffed about uh, how Imbula's uh, come back and... Just uh, seeing him joining the celebrations for the goal as well, he, he looked like he's having a good time. So, <laughs> yeah, chuffed. Yeah, he's been playing fantastically well, and that that left foot he's got is incredible. I think it was his pass through to Arnautovic before the Allen chance. Yeah, it was. I yeah. might be wrong. Correct me if it I'm was. wrong. But yeah, that was a sensational pass. And as you say, that that ability to be able to take on a man or or even a couple of men um, just with the ball at his feet creates that bit of space that you need to pass it on to a Shakiri, pass it on to an Arnautovic, who then can create something special from that little bit of extra space that Mbula creates. I mean, everyone says it, Premier League is all about fine margins and, and that tiny that tiny bit of space or that little spark that players like Mbula, Shakiri, and Arnautovic can create are the difference in games like these and, and it's proven to be the case over the last two games and hopefully it, it continues for a long time. I think that's pretty much all from us then. Uh, well, just to kind of round off with a bit of uh, Wizards news. Uh, first off is uh, I've taken delivery of uh, 48 deploying Goy stickers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you go to our Twitter, you'll see what they look like. But if you want some stickers, just get in touch with us and I'll uh, I'll post them over to, to you. Um, we, we'll have a little uh, Twitter competition. Uh, whoever can find the best location to stick a deploying Goy sticker will win a, a, a prize that is currently unspecified but uh yeah just think just think of prominent locations maybe certain football stadiums that that could do with a deploying goy sticker if you can get one into mark hughes's office you know <laughs> well done so, inside job yeah taking it back to the benghazi episode yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah zach zach in america if you want some if you want to stick one to trump tower Oh, you know? please, please, Zach, please do that. <laughs> I'm yeah, just thinking I, of the, the, the postage cost to get that to the States, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, just to inform the rest of the podcast and the rest of the listeners, I am heading to New York um, over the new year. So there is there are significant oh chances to deploy in, in Goya Trump. over in the States without the postage. On fees. Trump Towers. Yeah. yeah. On Trump oh. Tower. Because when I think of Trump deploying anything, it's usually quite terrifying but uh, <laughs> to have the weight of the presidency behind our campaign to get our Belgian wonder yeah. kid in the first team you know <laughs> stranger things have literally happened this year so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that yeah uh, a bit of a change to the kind of wizards format over the coming months uh, obviously Christmas schedule it's, it's very tight ta- um, very tight, very difficult for us to all record at the same time. So we're going to have a, a slight winter break, if you like. We're not going to do a preview show and then a review show for every game over Christmas. Otherwise, I think we'll pass out. Uh, but 
there's definitely going to be a review of the Arsenal game and then uh, the Christmas schedule is currently unspecified but we're, we're planning to have a Christmas special to release around that time which we're, won't really focus on any particular match but will just be something a bit different bit bit of the usual nonsense still um, anything to plug chaps can I just say one factor instill some some positivity or of a very distinct lack of positivity over the next five games I've got I've had a bit of a research and a bit of sort of a, a look through my memory and I thought the the next five games that we've got I looked at all of them sort of the corresponding fixture from from last season out of the next five we got two points um, lost up we lost to Arsenal lost against Southampton we drew, we managed to get a draw against Leicester um, as you'll remember and then lost 4-1 against Liverpool and got a draw at Chelsea so I mean hopefully we'll be able to beat that from last season um, Leicester obviously are nowhere near the same team but yeah. I'd be very pleased with three points I'd be over the moon with five or more I think from these in these next five games Wizards mugs should mention um, I haven't taken delivery of them yet but um, I'm very excited too there's only going to be limited availability but if you want a Wizards of Drivel podcast mug, first of all, uh, that's a very strange thing to want, but thank you. Um, <laughs> there, there's only going to be five available because, you know, we want some as well. Uh, I think £8 is the uh, going rate, but uh, we're open to negotiation, obviously, because uh, that, that would mean uh, you'd be supporting the podcast, keeping it free, keeping it ad-free for us, and uh, so just... DM us on Twitter if you'd want a Wizards of Dribble mug. Um, also, uh, just going to do some self-promotion here. The latest issue of Soccer Bible is out. I've got two features in that. It's a, uh, it's Soccer Bible is one of them really posh like uh, magazines that's also a book. It's like got loads of great football photography and stuff in there. I've got two pieces on there on AFC Filed and football in Greater Manchester. Um, and also, Monday next week, I believe the new edition of When Saturday Comes comes out. Uh, one of my favourite football magazines ever. And uh, it's been a great week for me because uh, I've got to write for them. And I've got a piece in there about York City. So uh, check that out if you can. Um, I believe that's everything from us. Chris, do you want to uh, do some self-promotion? <laughs> I can do. I mean, the only thing that I'm doing is playing football manager. So, uh, trundling away with Barnsley FC in the Premier League, and I've sacked half my team and brought in Gary and Phil Neville. So that's that's what I do. Yeah, they're, they're, it hasn't gone too well at VR Football. If you want to see me lose with Barnsley, good stuff, Ben. No. Nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> ben, ben has learned from his mistakes and he no longer writes. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Curzon Ashton today, Ben. I did. It was a sensational, magical FA Cup tie. Curzon Ashton 3-0 up after 80 minutes. We are talking about the sort of the draw on Monday night at 7 o'clock, talking about, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if Curzon Ashton gets Stoke in the pot? Um, about 15 minutes later, <laughs> Wimbledon had just won 4-3. It was an incredible oh. game. I mean, I paid £6 for the ticket, so to be there was, yeah, it was it was good, but heartbreaking for Curzon Ashton. There was literally players sort of, it was like seeing, after a team has been relegated, there's players sort of huddling on the floor, just like 
cr- oh. crying into the grass. It was oh, it was not nice to see. That's heartbreaking. It, honestly, I felt gutted, it, and and it just felt so. It felt like watching Stoke. To be honest, you can imagine Stoke doing something very similar, being three 0 up, and then fifteen minutes later being four three down. Um, but yeah, <laughs> maybe was, next week. Yeah, there's always next week. Okay, on that uh, positive note, I'll say thank you to Chris Brammer. No, thank you for welcoming me back, Dave. No problem. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you, as always. Uh, I'll say thank you to Jordan Shakiri for his time. And if you if you want some stickers, if you want to buy a mug from us, it's at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Join us after the Arsenal game for, who knows, maybe a celebratory podcast there as well. Cheers. <laughs>